I want to read more of the passage from, um, from Matthew 25. Jesus ended that passage, For I was hungry and you gave me food. I was thirsty and you gave me drink. I was a stranger and you welcomed me. I was naked and you clothed me, he says. I was sick and you visited me. I was in prison and you came to me. Then the righteous will answer him, saying, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you, or thirsty and give you drink? And when do we see you a stranger and welcome you, or naked and clothe you? And when do we see you sick or in prison and visit you? And the king will answer them, Truly I say to you, as you did it to one of the least of these, my brothers, you did it to me. Then he will say to those on his left, Depart from me, you cursed, into the eternal fire, prepared for the devil and his angels. For I was hungry, and you gave me no food. I was thirsty, and you gave me no drink. I was a stranger, and you did not welcome me. Naked, and you did not clothe me. Sick, and in prison, and you did not visit me. Then they also will answer, saying, Lord, when do we see you hungry, or thirsty, or a stranger, or naked, or sick, or in prison, and did not minister to you? Then he will answer them, saying, Truly I say to you, did not do it to one of the least of these, you did not do it to me. And these will go away into eternal punishment, but the righteous into eternal life. Jesus says, at one day all time will come to an end. In fact, that's been his message in these two chapters of of Matthew's Gospel, chapter 24 and chapter 25. Time is coming to an end. And he ends this long sermon, this long discourse, in three different parables. The parable of the ten virgins, which are um, saying the message, Be ready, because you don't know what time will come. Stay alert. Be ready. Stay alert. The parable of the talents, we looked at last week. Be ready, by betting everything on the kingdom. And then, in this parable, the coming judgment, be ready by living virtuously. In all of these, be ready, be ready, be ready, be alert. In fact, in chapter 24, we should have seen this coming, he actually alerts us to it explicitly. Chapter 24, verse 42, Therefore, stay awake, for you do not know on what day your Lord is coming. Be ready, he says in the 25th verse of that, for the Son of Man is coming at an hour you do not expect. You know, it's really a fantastic sermon if you look through this whole passage. It's really quite good. I mean, it's vivid in detail. It's, um, it's got rhetorical flourishes. There's a call to action. All the great ingredients. If you were teaching homiletics, you would say, good stuff in here. He, he's, he's done a pretty good job. But if this were a practice sermon in a seminary, you might be surprised to find that I think Jesus might get some very low marks from his professors. You see, there's a lot of gloom and doom in here. A lot of really, uh, you know, fire and judgment and e- eternal fire. I mean, this is, this is kind of scary. And, and, you know, I could hear, I could hear maybe someone saying, you know, Jesus, we really don't do religion that way anymore. You know, um, that's a, we like to focus on the positives, more of the self-actualization, more of the kind of, you know, um, self-esteem building. We're, we're, we're much more on the positive sign. We, we think this kind of turn or burn motif is uh, kind of outdated. And, um, and, and maybe, you should, uh, maybe you should kind of update your stuff. I mean, um, you know, cultural sensitivity would be nice. This is so 1956. You, you know, you really should kind of go with a different slant. Um, but it's not just that. It's not just the affect, which would be difficult for some to take. There's some who might question his reformed orthodoxy. If they looked, especially at this last parable, you, you, you saw it was there, didn't you? It was a sticky wicket. Um, uh, who's going to be saved from the fire? 
those who do good deeds. Those who have done what they were supposed to do. Feed the hungry, clothe the naked, you know, heal the sick, visit the prisoners. These are the ones who are going to be saved. Those who are going to be condemned. You saw it right there. It was in the text. I was going to say in black and white, but in mine it's red. In red and white, you could have seen that. It's, um, it's those who do not do what they're supposed to be doing. Everything we've learned since Martin Luther says this cannot be right. I mean, apparently Jesus needs to go back and kind of rethink his theology. Jesus, have you ever read Paul? Romans? You know, it's good stuff. You should try it out. And hopefully you're getting the joke, okay? I'm putting it on pretty thick, aren't I, right? It, it, you know, a friend of mine pre- uh, read a, read a book, wrote a book a few years ago, and the, and the title of his book was They Preached It Straight, I Heard It Crooked. Um, it, maybe, maybe we've heard it a little crooked, but it doesn't seem possible. It seems like the message is pretty straightforward. You know, Joe, I've read this stuff. I've read it a couple of times. It seems pretty straightforward. The criteria for being saved, feeding the hungry, healing the sick, visiting the needy, you know, go to those who are in prison. And the criteria for judgment? Neglecting the needy. It's right there. Christianity thus must be about doing good to people as a means of finding one's salvation. Only again, that doesn't seem to jive with what we know about the rest of Holy Writ. It doesn't seem to jive with what we know about what God is doing in the world through Jesus. And so, if you'll bear with me just a moment, just a a little closer scrutiny of this passage... I want you to notice that this is all future tense reality, isn't it? There's a bunch of future happening here. Jesus is looking forward in time. There are future tense verbs. When the Son of Man comes in, in glory and all his angels, then he will sit on the throne. The 32nd verse, all the nations will be gathered and he will separate one from another and he will put the sheep on his right hand and the goats and he king will say i mean this is all about what's going to happen in the future could be near could be far we use future tense verbs all the time don't we i will go to the store as soon as i finish washing my car i will collect social security as soon as i retire Like, that's really going to happen for me, right? (laughs) You guys missed that one. All right, (laughs) tough crowd today. Um, I will, uh, you know, do whatever. Mom will freak out when she comes home if this house is a mess, my boys might say. You know, Jesus says, I will gather all the nations before me. It's a future end of time reality. Time is going to come to an end. And there's going to be a judgment. And I will separate people like a shepherd separates sheep from goats. I will separate them one to one side and one to the other. Looks like it's good to be on the right side and not so good to be on the left. Right? Yeah, I hope I'm on the right side. Get me over here with these sheep. And you have one of two futures. It's life or death. It's inheritance or it's punishment. In Matthew's Gospel, Jesus says in verse 41, uh, He will say to those on His left hand, You are accursed, depart from Me into eternal fire, prepared for the devil and his angels. It sounds pretty um, final, doesn't it? Jesus says there's going to be a judgment. Time is coming to an end, and there's going to be a judgment. And how does one um, 
or rather, what does one receive? It depends on what kind of person one is. A sheep or a goat in his, you know, the, the, um, the sheep are going to receive reward, the goats, punishment. So I want to know, and maybe you want to know this too, how does one get into the sheepfold? Because, you know, that's really kind of where I want to be. I want to be in the sheepfold. And you say, well, read the text, just do good stuff. That gets you there. But what I find really interesting here is that when Jesus says to the ones who are those to receive the reward, when he says to them, you were, you know, you were kind to me, you, were, you fed me when I was hungry, you visited me when I was in prison, you clothed me when I was naked, you welcomed me when I was a stranger, what do they say? Did you hear it? They answer with surprise, with shock. Lord, when exactly did we do these things? You know, we're kind of going through our memory banks here and we don't really remember when we saw you hungry and fed you or when we saw you thirsty and gave you something. To... We don't remember when you were a stranger and we welcomed you or, or when you were in prison and we visited you. When, when did that happen? And, and the other ones, the ones who are being judged, they answer the same way, don't they? You know... If only we had seen you. When, if, when in fact, did you show up? We would have given you something to eat. Surely we would have. Well, they don't say that, but it's there. It's between the lines, right? And that's precisely the point. Those who do good don't do good because they know that they're doing it and seeking to receive a reward. Doing good is not about pulling oneself up by your bootstraps and saying, okay, well, this is, this is my challenge. This is what I have to do. You know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to earn this thing. Because if you do that, then your reward is your, is your own. You're saying to yourself, I have what I have earned. And that's not the gospel. That's not good news at all, is it? It's what we, it's what we learned when we were children, right? In school, you know, you get the grade that you deserved. But if we get what we deserve, well, I think we're with the goats, don't you? What we need then is we need somebody to do something for us, to change us from being the group on the left to being the group on the right. We need someone to do for us what we cannot do for ourselves. See, here's the truth. The truth is we're all born goats. Some of us were pointier horns than others, but we all have them, don't we? Yes. We all are born goats. We're all born. You know, it's so easy. It's effortless. It is effortless to look out after ourselves. To take care of our... I mean, we can do it with ease. It's looking out after the needs of others that we find more challenging. Mm, you know, that's kind of painful. I don't really want to do that. Our, na- our nature is corrupt. And it's corrupt from our very beginning. We know only selfishness. We know only how to take care of ourselves, how to look after number one. So how does one transform from being a goat to a sheep? Only by the grace of God. Only by God's grace. Now, grace is not mercy. You know, mercy is not getting what you do deserve, right? Grace is getting what you do not deserve. Someone gives you a gift, you don't say, how merciful. (laughs) Although, it might be, right? You don't say that. You say, thank you. And if you said it in Spanish, you'd be really close to the truth. If you said it when someone gave you a gift in Spanish, what would you say? Gracias, right? The same word as grace. A gift. Why, this is a gift. 
That's what we need. We need a gift. Someone who can do for us what we cannot do for ourselves. We need grace. Now, it doesn't mean that you can't put yourself in the path of grace. You know, I have children who drop off little lists on my desk sometimes, you know, about things that they would love to have. You know, Dad, birthday's coming up. Have you checked out this new catalog? Um, it, you know, it's Christmas time. I was thinking that a new iPod would be really nice, you know, or something extravagant and they're not getting it. Uh, you know, they, they, they can still ask, can't they? And so can we. We can still put ourselves in the path of, uh, path of grace. You're doing it right this very moment. Coming to hear from the Lord. In, in Scripture read and proclaimed. In a moment, in a moment, maybe you come with empty hands and you put them out. Nothing in them. And all of a sudden you get something. You get this means to grace. This chance to be transformed, to do for you what you can't do for yourself. Uh, back in, in 1984, there was this, um, there was this film, As Good As It Is Timeless. The Natural. Robert Redford. Do you remember this film? Robert Redford in The Natural? He, um, he plays the part of this uh, baseball player, Roy Hobbs, who is a sensational baseball player. And he, he tries out and he is going to be one of the greatest ball players ever. And, and, and he strikes out the, you know, the, the, the equivalent of Babe Ruth of his day. And, and, and everybody is all about Roy Hobbs. Oh my, he's going to be great. Except somebody's jealous and they have him shot. And his baseball career is kind of cut. He lives, but his baseball career is over. Or so it seems. And 16 years later, Sixteen years later, he gets a chance at the age of 35 to be a rookie again. And he hasn't lost an ounce of his talent. And he, he, he brings his team back from nowhere, and, and, and it, it looks like they're going to win the, the World Series. It, it, things are going great. And, um, and I'll let you watch the film to find out how it ends. But here's the thing. The whole, thing, the whole film hinges on one reality. Roy Hobbs is a natural. He's born with this great ability to play ball. He's born with this gift. We're not born with the gift of goodness. Perhaps you knew that about yourself. Maybe you didn't. We're not born that way. We're born with a proclivity towards selfishness. We're born with what what St. Augustine calls an original sin, this nature that is contrary to God's law. With a will that is in bondage to itself. The only way, the only way we get out of that is that God would mercifully grant that we who are enslaved by sin may be freed. That God would do something for us. Now that'd be a real gift, wouldn't it? And something for which to be truly thankful. Amen.